Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're almost there, almost there. Today is Christmas Eve, and I hope that all your preparations are going well. They're either finished or close to finished, or you're panicking right now and you're wanting to get everything done. I pray for smooth and, smooth and safe travels for you too. If you're planning to go out of town for the holidays, and if your family is here, I give thanks that they're here. Pray for safe and, safe and smooth travel for them back too. We're going to look today at the Old Testament text from Isaiah chapter 7. It's only four verses, um, but I encourage you to look in your bulletin. If you'd like to follow along, you can open your Bibles also up to Isaiah 7, and some of the verses will be behind me on the screens. It is commonly said that patience is a virtue, and I find that very true this time of season when working on gingerbread houses. Anyone agree? Yeah. Last year, I bought a clearance gingerbread house from Target to work on with my girls. I underestimated very greatly how much work that house would take. They really should put a difficulty rating on the bottom of the box. I didn't know that I was going to have to make the frosting. And I also didn't know that I was going to have to make the frosting gun. And the frosting that I made was going to be the frosting that was going to hold the house together. They didn't know who they were talking to. It was such a struggle to keep the house together. So last Christmas, I gave a gingerbread house my heart. The very next day, I threw it away. <laughs> this year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to the elf on the shelf. <laughs> Patience is a virtue. What or who tests your patience? And whatever you do, don't look at your spouse or your kids. Uh-oh, too late. In today's text of Isaiah 7, we see that God's patience is being tested by a king named Ahaz. And to learn about Ahaz, I need to give a little background information on him. Ahaz is a king, specifically the king of Judah, and he's a descendant of the king of David. You can find Ahaz in the genealogy of Jesus. He's right there in Matthew chapter 1. He is described as one who was unlike David, his father, and one who did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord his God. And in the verses that precede Isaiah 7, 10 through 14, Ahaz is not in a good situation. Ahaz and his people are under attack. Two opposing kings had allied themselves against Ahaz, and when Ahaz and the people of Judah heard this, they were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. Ahaz was struggling to keep the house of David together and to keep his house from collapsing. It's at this moment of tremendous fear, of pending invasion and pending destruction, that the Lord speaks through the prophet Isaiah to King Ahaz. And the Lord tells Ahaz this, say to him, be careful, keep calm, don't be afraid. Do not lose heart. 
And it continues on in Isaiah 7, 7, that this pending invasion and destruction, it will not take place. It will not happen. And it's followed also by this Isaiah 7, 9. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. These are the verses that precede the four verses you have in your bulletin. Then the Lord speaks again to Ahaz, and here we read our text. Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. I read two different commentaries this week that said Ahaz is to be commended for not putting the Lord to the test. And here the vicar is going to take a stand and he's going to disagree. God is speaking to King Ahaz to give him comfort, to appease his fears, to give him confidence that he and his people will not be destroyed by these new enemy alliances. Be careful, Ahaz. Keep calm. Don't be afraid. It will not take place. It will not happen, Ahaz. Those are two promises that are followed by a warning. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Two promises followed by a warning. Why the warning? Martin Luther writes that God includes this warning to King Ahaz because he was showing signs of disbelief at the promises. To a warning to an offering Ahaz a sign. So we move from promises to a warning, and now God, trying to give him even more reassurance, wants to give Ahaz a sign. More so, God commanded Ahaz to ask for a sign. And how did Ahaz respond? Ahaz doesn't ask. He responds, I will not put the Lord to the test. And his refusal to ask puts the patience of the Lord to the test. And Isaiah responds, Here now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? I don't see God commending Ahaz for his response. Instead, I see God rebuking Ahaz for his dismissal of God's offer. And this is very, very interesting because Ahaz quotes Scripture in his dismissal of God, specifically Deuteronomy 6. But I encourage you to recall that even the devil recalled scripture when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4. God is not being tested when he himself commands it. God commands quite a few things in scriptures, to love Jesus, to love our neighbor. And believing in Jesus and loving our neighbor does not test God. It is testing God when we desire to serve God short of his commands, and more so by what we think is a better way to serve than what he's telling us. This is a very rare occasion, these four verses in the Old Testament, where God offers a sign of his promise outside of his powerful and true word. And the person that's offered this sign is King Ahaz. Super interesting. So remember, Ahaz has two opposing kings 
that are pending to invade him and destroy him. And under the immediate threats of fighting and warfare, Ahaz refused to listen to God's promises, to God's warning, and the opportunity to ask God for a sign. Ahaz thinks that he can hold his house better together than God can. He's being offered divine help but refuses to take it. And then following this refusal is the prophecy of the Christ child. God tells Ahaz a sign from himself, something that reason can't comprehend. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. It might be tempting to look at Ahaz in a condescending manner, that there's no way I'm like him, but we're more like Ahaz than we would like to be. Like Ahaz, when we hear wars, we hear rumors of wars, we hear of violence, we hear of mass shootings, we can wonder if God is watching. Is God witnessing all this? Like Ahaz, when the world seems to be closing in around us with stress from leadership demands, stress from family demands, stress from workplace demands, our focus can turn inward to the survival of ourselves instead of out and up towards God in gratitude for his provision, his support. Like Ahaz, we don't like God's rule and his timing, and we become impatient ourselves. We look to make things happen in our own time. We take matters into our own hands. We like to create our own luck instead of trusting in the creator, to trust other lowercase gods instead of the uppercase God. Like Ahaz, we pick and choose the portions of God's word that suit us the best instead of looking at the entirety of Scripture and the parts of Scripture that challenge us. Instead of listening to God and his commands that he has lovingly set for us, we say, do what makes you happy. Live your life. Define your own truth. In our sin, we're, we're not that far from Ahaz. We see these people in the Bible with unique and sometimes funny names from times long ago, and we can dismiss that we have anything in common with them. But the pressures that they faced are the pressures we face today. And although technology has advanced greatly, human struggle with sin remains. And it is in this world of doubt and disbelief, in this world of selfishness and stubbornness, in this world of darkness, that God sent the light of his son. God still offered a sign of his promise despite Ahaz's refusal. And this sign was not outside of his powerful and true word. Instead, this sign is the powerful and true word. Again, this sign is not outside of God's word. It is the word, the word made flesh. God is love. I love how Sheila read that. God is love. And love is not only kind. Love does not only envy. Love does not boast. Love is patient. God showed his love by sending his one and only son to be among us in this world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God provided a sign of his own will, own will, a cornerstone which builders would reject, a sign of his providence, his protection, his love for his people. The virgin birth of, of the Emmanuel 
is a sign of God's patience with us. Our God is gracious. Our God is merciful. Our God is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Paul wrote to Timothy this, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. In our violence, in our stress, in our physical ailments, our physical diseases, In his struggle for truth, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, the life, true God, true man, born of a virgin at just the right time. He took up our pain and our suffering. He was punished by God. He was stricken. He was afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. And all with an immense patience to bear it all for you and me. The birth of Jesus is the beginning of a heroic earthly course that ends with an eternal empty tomb. The virgin birth of Emmanuel is a sign. It lays the foundation of God's house and it holds the house together. No one can lay any foundation other than the one that is laid in Christ Jesus. He is the rock that holds our house together. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. When the rain of grief falls, the floods of turmoil and trouble come, the winds of opposition beat and blow against your house, the house built upon the rock will not fall. The enemies of God will not overcome his people. Ahaz refused the sign from God that God's people would be protected, that they would be preserved, And God in his patience gave the biggest sign of all, himself, God with us, Emmanuel. God was going to dwell with his people. He was not going to leave us alone. So is it right to ask God for signs here in the year 2024? Some of you may have some big decisions to make. High school, college choices, career choices, maybe marriage proposals a move across the country, caregiver decisions, treatment decisions. Where do we look for signs from God today? We look first to his word, where his promises are, where he strengthens our faith with words of love, words of grace, words of affirmation that he loves us. We look to the cross, where an innocent baby named Jesus would go 33 years later to live out his name, to save his people from their sins. And there at the cross, we see the greatest love and look to follow him in laying down our lives, our wants, our needs for our neighbors, our friends, our community. We look right there to the font where God called his child through water and the spirit, called us out of darkness into marvelous light. We look to the table for as close as the bread comes to our teeth and the wine to our tongues, so close is the whole Christ present. For us. And these signs direct us to confidently ask God in prayer our wants and needs, our cries and concerns. 
Whether you were baptized here at St. John's or baptized in Indiana like me or baptized somewhere in a church far away, God gives you strength to be daily renewed in him, to be made a new creation that pursues his wants, his needs, his desires, his good things for us. And renewed in Christ, our minds are transformed to be able to test and approve what God's perfect will is for us, that perfect will that is good and pleasing. Doors may open, doors may close in 2024 for you. Test those doors with a daily renewed mind in Christ that comes from your baptism and through the gift of continual conversation with God in prayer. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Ask, seek, knock. Never question or test the power of God, but trust that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. He wants to know our anxieties because he cares for us. And our high priest, Jesus Christ, he knows our weaknesses. He knows our temptations. He was with us. He is with us. We can approach his throne of grace with confidence. So instead of testing God, ask God. Seek his wisdom. Seek his discernment. Seek his patience to be in line with his good timing. By faith in Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit is produced And one of those fruits is patience. So with whatever is testing you today, in your patience today or in the future, remember God's great patience for you. How he loves you and how he sent his son to be with you. The word made flesh. When you are stressed by faith through the spirit, believe in the sign of perfect patience at the manger that starts with a patient march to the cross and an empty tomb, and that creates a patient anticipation again for when Christ is coming again in glory. God loves his people. God loves you. He is the foundation of our house. He holds and builds our house together here through his spirit and through his miraculous birth, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension into heaven. He's prepared an eternal home for you and for all who have died in the faith. There's a reunion coming with those, maybe if you've lost a loved one, that we'll see again in our eternal home. That's most certainly something to be patiently waiting for. We're almost there. God's patience, peace, and joy be with you in 2024. Merry Christmas.